The opinions voiced in Wall Street to Main Street are offered for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, or financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Advisory services offered through Wealth Plan Partners. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Wealth Plan Partners, Held in Wealth Management, and Securities America are separate entities. to Main Street with Tom Hamilton. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, welcome to Wall Street to Main Street. Tom Hamilton here, president of Hamilton Wealth Management, of course. Uh, host of Wall Street to Main Street every Friday afternoon here on WYSL. i got Bob D'Angelo uh, back in Mission Control, producing the show, pushing the buttons, keeping me keeping me from screwing up. Now, I do, I, I'm using a different microphone today. I'm, I'm doing the show remote. And I was having a little trouble with my USB connection. Yeah, so for all the years there's been ports on computers and, and, you know, back 100, I don't know how long you've been even able to plug like headphone jacks in. And they remember there used to be the, the, the regular headphone port and it went click and it, it clicked in and it was a perfect connection. USB, my phone, connect, my phone charger connection, which is a USB-C, uh, they, the fact that they... That that's as we've actually digressed in the connectors we have for our most important elect, electronic device. I don't really understand that. Like, what's wrong with uh, something that clicks in as a regular old-fashioned port? But I have a USB mic, right? So it's it's a two-way, and they, they say that's the way to go. So that's what I got. But it's uh, it's a little finicky today. So if I if I uh, phase in and out, that I, I'd like to say that's D'Angelo's fault back in Mission Control, but it's really my fault. Because as we know, Bobby D is a radio pro and doesn't make that kind of mistake. So anyhow, just a warning, just a warning. I, I, I may uh, I, I may break up if that happens. It's not me crying because Mitch McConnell said he's not going to run the, you know, keep keep his, his job as uh, running the Senate. Uh, it's just me breaking up here with, with, the, with the microphone, which, by the way, so I've been extremely busy the last two weeks and I've another couple of weeks of extreme busyness at work. I mean, we're always busy, Lisa Ryan and I, but the, the we do uh, like concentrated chunks of the year where we have our most, most of our client reviews. And, you know, some clients we talk to twice a year, some we talk to three or four times a year, depends on their needs. Of course, we, we talk to most of them a lot more than that when, when they have some a question or need something or you know they're buying a car and they want to know the best way to whether they should finance it or whatever but i'm talking about a formal uh, scheduled account review you know on the calendar and, and so we're in busy season we're in super busy season so th- th- there's good and bad to that right f- from a work standpoint we get a lot done over the last two weeks of march of february and then through march going through this it, it's during tax prep time so we can answer clients questions with regards to that and then, then we do it again similar in the fall uh, but, but it's it's a lot of work it, it keeps us very busy and uh, you know either for the better or the worse it keeps me from spending as much time seeing what's going on out there right and again i do like to pay some attention to what's going on because it has to do with investments and financial stuff but on the other hand to hear just Probably three days after it happened, that Mitch McConnell is going to be stepping down uh, as uh, 
you know, whatever, I, I can't think of the title in the Senate, but he runs the Senate for, for the Republicans. Uh, it's my, it's the first political win. I think it's the first political win I've ever had, to, to be honest. Whoever, whoever I root for is like the kiss of death, right? Whatever I root to have happen. But I've been wanting him out, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners have, for a long time, maybe for different reasons, right? For, for a lot of conservatives, he's, you know, the, the, the rhino, the, the uh, compromiser, the person who gets pushed around quite a bit. Uh, to me, to me, the reason I want Mitch McConnell out is the same reason I want Joe Biden out. And, and it's the same reason, quite frankly, I, I want somebody running instead of Trump. Uh, I just don't believe that the future of our country should be decided predominantly by 80-year-old men or women, 80-year-old period. And, you know, I'm 59, I, not, not too much older than me. I think is about the not that you shouldn't be allowed to run, right? I just wish people would vote for the future and not the past. Now, experience is great, right? Same in my industry, experience is wonderful. However, at some point, and, and by the way, before you start thinking, gee, this Hamilton guy, he, he's awful ageist or, or whatever ist you call somebody who talks about age. I've got, so I've been a, a retirement planner for 26 or seven years. So, you know, do the math, but the people that I was helping uh, make retirement decisions back 25 years ago, right, in their 60s, early 60s, let's say, uh, they're, you know, I got plenty of people, clients uh, in their 80s, right, late 70s, 80s, even up to their 90s. We have clients that are younger than that because we've been doing doing that for, for many years. But the clients that we've had for a long period of time, we've aged with them, sort of, right? We've aged with them. And I talk to them frequently. Like I said, we, we've been going through uh, a lot of our client reviews here currently. You know, every third or fourth person I talk to is in that 75 to just into their 80s range. And I love the people, right? Right? They're, they're people that, that I, I care about a lot. They're wonderful to talk to. They have great life experience. They're very interesting people. I don't think any of them I can think of are seem as... Uh, how, how do I put this? So it seemed to be having the same struggles as Biden is. So as I've said, it's not just age with him. It's more than age. But, but like Mitch McConnell seems like he's sort of with it. But my point isn't the, the age. It's when you're making policy, most policy doesn't prove to improve things or make things worse for many, many years. So some things can really... Like, for example, Social Security, the impact of Social Security has been felt right right now, whatever, 60, 70 years later, we're starting to feel the pressure from the decisions they made that long ago, right? So my point is, my point is with Mitch McConnell, and you can throw in Biden, and you can throw in Trump, and you can throw in Nancy Pelosi, and you can throw blah, 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 the, the very many, many, many of them, their job shouldn't be to decide the future because they will not be part of the future, right? They're part of the immediate future, but they're not part of the future future. And I just think the people of the future, right? Younger people should make the decisions for their future. And, and it's, it, again, Mitch McConnell, uh, it's bothered me, him being in a leadership role for, for a long time, it's, it's the same as some of these other, like, like when Pelosi 
Nancy Pelosi was the, the Speaker of the House. Just it's just time to move on. So uh, again, it's it's not even just a political thing. It's not even just a political thing to me. It, it's people have to know. And again, you know, I deal with what I consider important parts of of our clients' lives, their financial lives, right? Their their investments, their financial planning. And I think it's a, a critical job for to do correctly and well for the lives of our clients. And I take it very seriously. And I've told people, I've told my wife, my kids, the, the, pe the people I work with, even clients, if Tom starts slipping mentally, right? If I get to where uh, I, I, may, I, I am appearing mentally as a has-been, Right where it's time to move on to taking care of grandchildren and stuff like that. Tap me on the shoulder, right, and and I'll gracefully tap out. I, I just don't think you need to be doing that type of job, like like running a country, which which is a hell of a lot more important and affects a hell of a lot more lives than being a financial advisor or a teacher or a plumber or a farmer or, or whatever role somebody has. Right. So there's some roles, there's some roles that age very well, especially ones that, that where experience and knowledge can be applied and, and the pace doesn't have to be such a, a, of, you know, again, the president of the United States or or being in charge of the House or the Senate. I mean, those are the kind of jobs you should be working 18 hours a day, to be honest with you. It, it should be jobs with people with, with, with uh, as much vigor as humanly possible, because there's a lot to learn, a lot to do, and a lot to know. And you have to be able to make very wise cognitive decisions. So anyhow, I, I was glad to hear that. Uh, maybe now that I'm on a roll with my first political want coming true, and of course, eventually that one was going to come true. So, and I guess Nancy Pelosi not being the speaker, but that she, I don't think she stepped down. I just think they lost. So, so, so that was different. But Maybe I'll get two more this year, right? With somebody instead of Biden running for the Democrats and somebody instead of Trump running for the Republicans. Although, uh, again, I don't see the, that second one happening. Uh, Trump doesn't appear to be uh, unable to, to, you know, vigorously campaign and fulfill the role, to be honest. Biden does. I still maintain my prediction from a long time ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, that come come to it, come to election day, you won't see Biden against Trump. One of the two of them won't make it to the finish line for whatever reason, right? For whatever reason. Now, am I going to be right on that? Probably not. I'm, I'm usually wrong on, on my political desires. So anyhow, Bobby D, let's take a break. We're going to talk when we come back. So, so I've been having all these reviews with clients. Uh, when we're in that period of, of the year, a couple of times a year, I like to talk about on the show some of the things that have come up. Not specific. We don't talk about clients, obviously, on the radio. But just some of the topics that we've been working with clients on to hopefully improve and organize their financial lives. We'll be right back uh, here on Wall Street to Main Street. This is Wall Street to Main Street with your host, Tom Hamilton. 
Obviously, you're darn right. This is Wall Street to Main Street, and I certainly am Tommy Hamilton. I hope your weekend's off to a great start. Uh, boy, Friday, 4 o'clock. That's, that is one of my favorite times of the whole week. I, I, I've said many times, and I appreciate everybody listen, who listens to the show for, for joining us during this, this time. I have some clients that now listen, or listeners that listen uh, to the podcast that you can get on any podcast. Uh, you know, whatever podcast service you use, or I think you can get it at the WYSL uh, website. You, you can listen to it, but a lot of people listen to it live, which I appreciate. And it's just great to have you joining us. It, it, to, to me, it's it's wind down of the week, right? Uh, the the you know the the pressures that we all face at work, and you know certainly we're in our industry is no exception, and uh, helping clients and working with stuff and watching the markets and that. Uh, come come four o'clock on Friday. I pour myself a beer and get to talk to you folks, which which I totally appreciate, which which is a great thing. And and you know, thanks again to the folks at WYSL for having us on the air for uh, damn near forever. I don't know if it's ten years, eleven years. It seems like we've been doing it forever with with uh, Savage and D'Angelo and the guys at WYSL. All right, so 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 one of the topics that we've been talking to clients about during this review session, uh, as we go through and talk, you know, see what's going on in their financial lives. We talk about a lot of stuff, especially with, with people that are making retirement decisions and that kind of thing. But we're also been very careful uh, to, to focus this go around on helping people review some of those old life insurance and annuity, annuity policies they might have, where the markets have changed and, and interest rates have changed a ton in the last two years, like night and day, right? So some clients we had, they, they might have had an old annuity or an old life insurance policy. It, it wasn't uncommon for those old policies. Let, let's say they were issued back when rates were, interest rates typically were 7%, right? And people, you know, 7%, you get you get an annuity, but most of the annuity, most annuities, fixed annuities this is, uh, you get a period, maybe a year, two, three years of a locked rate, and then then the rate fluctuates depending on what rate they're giving at the time. So some of those had gotten down to one or two percent returns, but three years ago, that's what you could get, like on a CD and other fixed returns. That that was a comparable rate. So for for again, this is for a fixed product, not for something in the market where you're trying to get seven to twelve percent type returns. This is fixed investing. Well. Others of these older annuities and life insurance policies had what they called a minimum interest rate. So although it might have been issued at seven and it fluctuates, some of them the minimum was three, three and a half, four percent. That's as low as the annual interest rate could go. Which at the time when someone took it out, they probably paid no never mind to that, right? So if when rates are seven percent, you're not even thinking they're going to be three percent or less sometime in the future. But lo and behold because of Fed policy and wanting free money in the in the system for so long, as we all know, rates for a long time got down, I mean, rate, the, the Fed funds rate got down to like zero. Bank rates got to zero. Checking savings accounts, nothing. Most of them still pay nothing. Uh, but even new fixed annuities might have only been paying 2%, right? So if your minimum rate was 3%, what we pointed out to a lot of clients is, because they'd say we want to do something different with this annuity. We'd say, you know what, 3%, I know it's not great, but as a guaranteed rate, as a fixed rate in that time period, that's a pretty darn good rate. Well, now 
where rates for fixed stuff like that are 4 to 5% or more, now that 3% rate, if that company hasn't raised it, which most of them haven't, now that 3% rate doesn't look so good, right? It isn't so great. So we're reviewing those things with clients because times change. Now, a lot of advisors, because they want to make a commission or, or, or make money on it, they would have told those clients back then, oh, yeah, 3%, let, let's move that into blah, 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 you know, which is a better investment. Well, better for who, right? Better for the, the, the broker selling a new product or, or the client. I, I often see that and it makes me cringe about our industry, like, like a lot of industries. You got good people and bad people uh, and knowledgeable and foolish people in all industries. But now that has changed. So some of these clients that, we, that we've been telling them to keep some of these older products for years, we're revisiting those. And, and you know, you got to look at the, the rate of return, the guaranteed rate of return, the minimum rate of return. Are they out of the surrender period? Most annuities and life insurance policies have what they call surrender periods. That means if you move it to something different in some some period of time, it can be three three years. I've seen them as long as I think 12 years. It, it just depends on the product, right? The, the longer the period, the more you're stuck with it. So is there a surrender? Is it out of surrender period? Meaning you don't have to pay a penalty if you switch to something different. And then with life insurance often, or annuities, do you still need it at all, right? What was the purpose of it in the first place? Is it still even an appropriate investment for you now? Uh, in some cases, like, like we're, we probably have done five life insurance reviews over the last month and a half where clients have old life insurance policies that have built up a cash value. They don't even know why they have them anymore. They took them out when their kids were, were younger. Now their kids are adults or maybe even their grandkids are adults. And they want to know if they should, you know, it's got a cash value. Should they keep it? Should they uh, switch it to a different policy? Should they cash it in? Uh, and again, we don't know the answer until we do a review with the client. But the point is, in today's times, with rates so much higher than they've been, new options are available. And it's a great time to re-review this stuff. And when we know clients have these things, which we know quite a bit about, about our clients, uh, financial lives, but sometimes there's stuff that they, uh, usually it's not that they didn't tell us because they didn't want to tell us. People forget about these things. Like, like, like we've had situations where they're like, hey, I saw, I found this in a drawer. It's dated 10 years ago. What, what is it? And, and we, you know, sometimes they moved it to something different since. Sometimes it still exists and we kind of bring it back from the grave for the client. So, so, so these things do get forgotten. And again, a lot of them people have had for so long that, and they haven't reviewed it ever, or, or maybe last they reviewed it, rates were much lower. So they didn't make any changes appropriately. And then the other thing you got to look at on these is, is the fees. I, I mean, very fixed annuities are usually just a fixed rate or a set rate that might change, but uh, the, the, the fees are internal to the product. But something like a variable annuity, those can have anywhere from reasonable fees to insanely high fees. So like, like we've, we've looked at policies, we reviewed for guys over a million dollars worth of variable annuities, the average fee on them, but between uh, what they call M, M and E mortality and expense, administrative fee, uh, guarantee income fee, and then the fund fees. I've seen them like three and a half percent total, total fees, three and a half or higher. I, I mean, it's hard to make money when you're spitting out three and a half percent in costs 
on, on the back end. Now, somebody made a big commission to sell it to them, so you got to charge fees to make up for that. But my point, and then some of them don't have those super high fees because that's, that's why there's well, there's a, a, a large national investment firm that their big ad is, oh, I hate annuities. Let me send you a report why annuities are terrible. Well, uh, uh, that's like saying cars are terrible or, y you know, white is a terrible color <laughs> or, or colors are terrible, whatever. It, it's all the specific product and situation. You can't say w w with any, I mean, it's just, it's uh, intellectually lazy and foolish to say all annuities or all insurance or all mutual funds or all ETFs or all whatever are bad because they're all com they can be completely different. So, but but the so, so there's some truth to their advertising, which is why it gets it gets uh, traction. There's a lot of annuities that do have very high fees, right? There's a lot that do have high fees. So my point is. I mean, the, the, the segment wasn't to pick on or, or, or claim the virtues of annuities, because again, annuities, there's many, many, many different kinds of annuities. There's many different kinds of life insurance, whole life, term life, universal life, index life, all very different, all, you know, have pros and cons. And again, some have so many cons that we'd never use them. And often that has to do with the fees. Don't get me wrong. But I wasn't, I didn't mean to explain the pros and cons of these products in great detail. What I'm telling you is if you have these things, old annuities, old life insurance policies, that type of stuff, you should get them reviewed. You, you, if you know what you're doing with them, review them yourself, right? If not, talk to somebody who knows. But I would recommend don't talk to somebody whose only job is to sell life insurance and annuities. That Again, that's my bias because they have a... Uh, they have a vested interest in telling you to do something different because commissions are made when you switch to a different annuity or a different life insurance policy. So bear that in mind. Uh, you know, we, we, we are a fiduciary uh, advisory firm, uh, and we like to think we give a very fair evaluation of these products, often of which the answer is keep what you got, but not always. So anyhow, that, that that's something that came up with clients. Uh, just passing it along, my experience with talking to clients about it and stuff we've been working with people on. You're listening to Wall Street to Main Street with Tom Hamilton. Be right back. You're listening to Wall Street to Main Street with Tom Hamilton. Hey, welcome back to Wall Street to Main Street. Bobby D, you there? What does this dis, uh, dependable disposal company do? Sorry, sorry, folks, we're having a side conversation on the air here, but you can't hear his half of it, I don't think. All right, all right, so that's blue collar, blue collar. Do me a favor, make, make a note that I want to have those guys on the show. Yeah, very good. Have them get a hold of us, and we'll get them. We'll get them on. So, so, so as people know, we thanks, Bob. Uh, we have business owner guests. As a matter of fact, we had one lined up last week that uh, couldn't make it in time. Uh, and but starting next month again, we're going to be busy talking to business owners coming on the show. Love doing that, uh, but but I have to admit, I have a soft spot in my heart, and I much, I just love talking to blue collar business owners. There, there's, you know. 
who's who's the guy? Uh, Mike Mike Wolf. Who's the Dirty Jobs guy? I don't care. It doesn't matter. But but uh, you know that show Dirty Jobs, and and he kind of put the the dirty blue collar. Mike Rowe. Yes, he put the he put the blue collar dirty work professions on the map with a TV show. Uh, people forget that somebody does all these hard jobs and dirty jobs. And, uh, you know, you, you, you put your garbage out, let's say it, 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 to the, by the road. And then at the end of the day, you, it's gone and you, you bring your can back in. Well, somebody's dealing with that, right? And, and whatever the job is. And, and we're going to have somebody on that does like restoration when for flooding and that type of stuff for flood mold remediation. And, you know, the truth is jobs, most of us, we don't want to do those. And these folks earn their money. Not, not that, not that us white collar people don't earn our money. I, I, I think we earn our money at my firm at Hamilton Wealth Management, but in, in, in a little different way. So yeah, I'd be glad to have those guys. And if you're listening and you know somebody that might be a good guest, that's the owner or manager of, of a, an interesting blue collar business, have them get a hold of Hamilton Wealth Management, hamiltonwealthmanagement.com. Uh, Ryan Zamara from our office takes care of booking people, but but I do the interviews with them here on the show, and it, it works out great. All right, so, yeah, ne ne next thing that, that I wanted to bring to people's attention and just talk through a little bit. So investing is always easy when everything's going right, right? You, 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 the, the, when the market's going up or your, or your particular investments are going up, uh all is great right everything's playing out but but that isn't real life for very long especially if you're diversified so so at my firm our, our managed accounts uh somewhere between 13 and 16 investments that make up our diversified portfolios uh so at any given time you know we hope everything's working perfect for every investment but that's not real life that's and if it is you got to wonder about your diversification but anyhow this week, one of our top four holdings at the firm had their earnings announcement. And I was like, like the, this particular company's last, uh, oh, three or four quarterly earnings reports have been like a champagne popping it for me. Like, like I was so excited about how they were doing. Everything was going great. You know, it isn't like, it isn't, these, these are, this particular company is a loan company and you know pays very high high distributions of dividends so it's not the kind of company that like doubles in value overnight because of earnings it's, it's not a growth company it's it's a uh, revenue producing dividend company uh, and again i'm not going to say the exact company because i don't want people thinking i'm making recommendations here on the air but just putting it in context but anyhow the earnings came out a few days ago and the earn you know i see i see in the morning the 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 stock is down somewhere between five and eight percent after the earnings. I'm like, oh crap! So I, I so I always review the earnings. I, in this case, I couldn't do it until after, like I was busy the day before and that day. But the rest of the day, I took some time, read through their earnings report, and then listened to a replay of their conference call. Often, I'm on the conference calls live, the quarterly report conference calls. So why do I do that? I want to know if the market is overreacting to what it takes as bad news. And I want to be able to make an informed decision as to whether the reason we own this investment and every investment in the first place is still 
intact or close enough to intact that we want to keep it. Uh, or in some cases, if things aren't playing out in the way we hoped or expected at least, we do make changes, right? That's what that's what uh, portfolio management is about. So in this particular case, one of the things I found out from the conference call and from the report itself is that they've already declared dividends for the rest of this year that wind up at about a 14% dividend yield, which is about what I was expecting. So no expected reduction, which would be the claim. That's the worst thing for this type of company is if their revenues and earnings aren't covering the the high dividends they pay, which, which is a, a crazy high dividend. And trust me, you don't get that kind of dividend without risk, okay? This is not a, a, a CD alternative. This is a totally different type of investment. You know, I compare it risk-wise to just regular growth investing. So, so, and then I read through the earnings and I found out why, you know, they had a couple of, of the companies they loaned money to that are having some financial difficulties, not unusual in this marketplace. It's just how they manage them and whether they have collateral on these loans. So I'm not going to get into the, the details of it, but because I understand our investment, I understand what we do. We understand what could go wrong or go very well with a company like this. We made the decision to continue to collect our dividends and, and keep this investment. We didn't decide to, we already have quite a bit of it, so we didn't add to it, which sometimes you do if we if you think the market has misinterpreted news. It's a perfect time to add to an investment if the market has incorrectly punished a, a stock or investment you own. We didn't do that either. Uh, but but for new clients coming in, this will still be part of our model portfolio. We'll just be able to buy it at a little cheaper price. Now, it's already climbed back a little bit from that, and I think it was an overreaction. And the other reason we didn't panic out of this is before the earnings report, I thought the company was about 20% undervalued. So there was some some room for error, in my opinion, in the performance of the loans they have, and the, and because of that, the company itself. So it's just I, I'm just telling this story because first of all, uh, you know, m most financial advisors, most people, they never admit that anything ever goes wrong, or they ever have start having to question some of the investments they make that again that's not realistic if, if somebody's like that that means they put their ego ahead of their clients and their money right where it's more important for them to be right about what they thought than to make adjustments as appropriate with a portfolio but this is this is the life of portfolio management and you know, again, the last three quarters, I, I felt like popping a champagne bottle when this company put their put their earnings out. This time, there was no champagne. I didn't even have a beer after the earnings, but but I did have a sip of coffee and, and didn't panic about it. Uh, now, as the quarter goes on, more and more of the holdings that we have report their earnings. And as a matter of fact, I just did a conference call on a different one today. Usually, usually the conference calls are during the workday, and I often will listen to the replay after the workday. I just I, I'm busy during the day, but for certain holdings, I like to be on the conference call and, and hear, hear it live, so so you get the tone and the feel for the questions. And more importantly than that, to me, is actually reading the earnings report, right? Reading the earnings report because 
it's easy for a CEO and a CFO or whoever's on the call to uh, paint a pretty picture and put a happy face on, right? And say, all you know, everything's hunky-dory, everything's going perfect. Well, if the numbers don't bear that out, right? If the numbers don't bear that out, then you have to question what they're telling you. And in some cases, you can lose trust. You can appropriately lose trust in a management of a company because their their rosy picture that they speak out of their mouths doesn't match the numbers that come out of the printer or, or come out of the accountant's office. So this, this was a case where, you know, quite frankly, I was disappointed that I wasn't uh, happily surprised on it, right? And a little disappointed compared to what I expected for the earnings, but still because I thought that we have a factor of safety and, you know, often as long as a company, you know, high dividend paying company can continue to cover that dividend, there it does sometimes create a floor on a stock and buoy it up. So, again, not specific advice for you for for any investment. Just wanted to, uh, because I have a lot of clients listen to the show. Also, I just wanted to explain to them how we keep track of the investments we hold. And by the way, this particular holding, not only is it one of our bigger holdings at the firms, for my wife, Nancy and I, it's one of our bigger holdings. So, because we eat our own cooking, right? What's good for the goose, good for the gander. So this isn't just for clients. It's important. I mean, everything for clients is important to me from an investment standpoint. I treat their money like I would treat my money. And as a matter of fact, often, Typically, we're invested in the same types of portfolios. That only makes sense. Now, when I tell people that, they assume every advisor does that. That's not true. That's not true. Often, it, the advisor's investments look completely different than what their clients own. Because what are their what are they putting their clients in? Things that pay them the most. Companies that give their 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 mother ship company some sort of pay for play. Uh, the 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 product company who's uh, salespeople, we call them wholesalers, take them to the Bills game, take them out to dinner, right, right, right that type of thing. Now, not for us. If it's good enough for our clients, it's good enough for us. So anyhow, Bobby D, let's take a break. I, I just wanted to go over, because it was fresh in my mind, because it happened this week, how sometimes we have to react and, and act upon uh, when a company, you know, good or bad or, or in between, how their business is performing on a quarter-by-quarter, quarter, more important, year-by-year year basis. You're listening to Tom Hamilton. This is Wall Street to Main Street. This is Wall Street to Main Street with your host, Tom Hamilton. All right, we're back here on Wall Street to Main Street. I was, one, one short segment left here. Boy, this, this shit's going quick for me this week. So, hey, I'm, I'm going to let you folks in on a, a little tip, I, a little thing I just learned during the break, uh, a, a little a little life learning I did. So I, I've got a hot date tonight with, with beautiful wife Nancy. So I know we're going to be not going to be eating until a, a little bit later, and I'm starving. During, during the break, I, I grabbed a banana and I had a little bag of pretzels here. Who would have known? Pretzels. Now these are those little, you know, the little mini pretzels. Not not my favorite, but they're pretty good. M mini pretzels and bananas go really well together. Who'd have thought that? 
right? So, hey, I, I, I learned it. Now, now you know without even having to learn it for yourself. Try it. Don't, don't, don't say Tom's out of his mind, right? You got to try it. So, yeah. So, so anyhow, held me over till, till I can get through the show with a little bit of energy here and, and not be so darn hungry. All right. So last thing I want to talk about briefly that we've been talking to clients about, uh, we, at least once a year, we, we review clients' estate and beneficiary designation situations. And especially with new people coming to us, not people that become new clients, you wouldn't believe how many beneficiary designations that people have that are a mess. On IRAs, 401ks, insurance, life insurance, annuities, whatever, or, or, or what they call transfer on debt that you can own on an individual or a joint account. Basically placing beneficiaries. The first thing I always remind people we're going to talk about your beneficiaries on your IRAs, your joint account, whatever. Bear in mind that beneficiaries, I don't know if this is a technical legal term, but they supersede the will. So the, the, you, the will, regardless of what the will says, if the beneficiary says the money gets divided amongst the three children evenly, right? Uh, if the beneficiary says that, and your will says your money goes to... You, you, your you know long lost cousin or whatever beneficiaries don't look at the will so so somebody tells us that a client you know if we get if we get the the uh, family member the loved one that says hey such and such passed away here's their death certificate we don't need if if it's an IRA with a beneficiary we don't need to talk to the executor we don't see the will whoever the beneficiaries are designated on that form, even if it's something they did 25 years ago and they haven't updated, that's where the money goes. So I've seen, I mean, I've seen messages like you wouldn't believe where we had once, we had somebody who was like 75 years old who they weren't clients of ours. We would have fixed this, but they called up because they had heard the show and said, Hey, can you help us out with something? My the lady, my husband just died. And his mother is the beneficiary of his life insurance policy, of course, because he did the life insurance policy before he was married. Well, his mother died 20 years ago. So it was, it's a complicated mess. You have to reopen an estate. Point is, it's just ease, so much better to get it right. So beneficiary designation is such a critical part of many people's estate plan. There's lots of lots other that goes into an estate plan. And you can send your beneficiaries. Your beneficiary can say, like the trust created, the such and such, like the Tom Hamilton uh, irrevocable trust or, or, or family trust uh, listed under my will, right? You, you can do that. And then the, then the trust or the will does control, you know, they become the beneficiary. But typically people don't do that. Typically they designate beneficiaries. Like for, for me and Nancy, each other is our primary beneficiary and Andy, John and Nick are contingent, if, if we if something happens to both Nancy and I, a third, a third, a third, right there. They, they will get that regardless of what our will says. So we've been reviewing this with clients. And uh, again, our clients, th this go around because we've, done, we've reviewed this so many times. We do it once a year. We do it uh, very specifically when somebody becomes a new client to make sure that those beneficiaries express what exactly they want to have happen with their money. Uh, I, I can't, I just can't emphasize enough how often with new clients, 
when we're looking at how they're set up before they become clients, it, it, the, the beneficiaries do not reflect what they want to have happen. Okay. Then there's per stirpes and per capita. Uh, this is something that we really, Lisa and I, Lisa who does, she's the administrative manager in our office, and she's actually the ones who does the beneficiary forms. I review it with the clients, but Lisa does the, the, the work in changing it with the client. Uh, per capita and per stirpes, let, let's say you have your three children and those children are married and have kids, which a lot, you know, if you're older, that's typical. Or some of them have, are married and have kids. Others are not, right? Per stirpes passes, so if one of your children predeceased you or, or, or one of your beneficiaries, doesn't matter if it's a child, per, if you have set it up as per stirpes, that money that would have been their share goes to their lineage, their children, not their spouse typically, their children. Their spouse is not a blood relative. Per capita typically means it gets, no, the, the money that, that that third that they would have gotten gets split amongst the two that are surviving, that are living children. Well, different people want that to happen different. But what we found out is that depending on the financial institution, Schwab or Fidelity or Equitable or Vanguard or Fidelity or, you know, whatever insurance company, Hartford, Jackson, right, all these different companies, they default to one or the other. And they're different. Some, some default to per capita, some default to per stirpes. And you have to really understand what you're doing to find out which it is and whether it meets your needs. As an example, right, as an example, if I had, if, if my kids, John's married, but, but my, my, my children don't have kids, but I would want, I wouldn't, I would want their third to stay in their side, their family. I, I wouldn't want it split amongst the other two necessarily, right? And that could change as, as life goes on. So my point is, Beneficiary designation is, it's free to do it correctly. It's not like changing your will, a trust, where you have to hire an attorney and, and pay a lot of money. It, it's the lowest hanging, most important, most important part of estate planning. It's low hanging fruit, and it is critical, like the rest of estate planning, to get it correctly. And it's one of the things we spend a lot of time at our firm doing correctly so that if and when somebody does pass away, because eventually it'll happen, the money goes where they wanted it to go. That's the important part. It's not our job to tell them where it should go, right? It's that their will winds up actually reflecting in the document. All right, you want to get a hold of us? Got a comment on the show? You, you, you want to ask a question for future shows? Or if you want to sign up for a you know, no-cost review of your situation, HamiltonWealthManagement.com. Uh, you can find a phone number. You can email us. You can, you can contact us however you'd like. Love to talk to you. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. The opinions voiced in Wall Street to Main Street are offered for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, or financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Advisory services offered through Wealth Plan Partners. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Wealth Plan Partners, Hamilton Wealth Management, and Securities America are separate entities.
Chan. 